Welcome to Humanly Possible, a vlog and podcast series focused on the game-changing potential of creating human-centric workplaces. Hi, I'm Angela, an organizational psychologist working to transform organizations into destinations for attracting, engaging, and developing resilient and energized employees. In a time where the human-centric workplace and human potential is paving the way for the future of work, Humanly Possible is an actionable space for extraordinary humans to share how they are reinventing the world of work. So join me and other growth-minded executives, founders, and leaders who are changing their industries and communities by putting people first. On today's episode, I'm joined by Alex Draper, CEO and founder of DX. Alex founded DX on the principles of inclusive and progressive leadership and creating a more equitable workplace. We spoke with Alex about his firm's CARE model, a model for challenging leaders to focus on treating employees the way they want to be treated. We chat about the importance of psychological safety in the workplace and the leader's role for creating clarity, setting the stage, inviting input, and allowing employees to fail fast to succeed fast. So, hey, Alex, it's good to see you. How's it going? Um, good, thanks. Thanks for having me, Angela. Yeah, thank you for um, spending the time. I know we, um, it's funny because we typically have these conversations off the cuff. And I think you and I have always said like, oh my gosh, I wish we just recorded that conversation. So now we get a chance to actually do that. <laughs> I know, we just don't have lunch involved, unfortunately. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so Alex, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, you being the human, so you and your background, and, um, but also what your company DX is doing to create more human-centric workplaces. Alex, the human. Uh, I guess humans are just an amalgamation of their experiences. Uh, so my experiences are failed school teacher. Uh, they didn't take me very seriously, the children that was, so my uh, guiding principal told me that this is not the job for me. And that was many, many, many years ago. Uh, so chose to go into adult education versus child education, which is actually worse because adults speak back. Uh, so sometimes I regret that. And of course, the more senior they are, the more they speak back. That's okay. Um, so I went from child education to adult education. Uh, and it always had a desire um, and love of America from an early age since I used to go on vacation here. So luckily when joined a, a company, um, which I learned my trade at, but also sent me to America back in 2005, um, and then started their business here in America. And of course, most, most people who work for a business in our industry go, Ooh, I can do this better. Uh, and there's things I'd like to do that my current organization, although I love them, don't do. And I started DX in 2005, moved from teaching IQ to teaching EQ, uh, IQ being what strategic acumen, business acumen, uh, and moving to emotional intelligence and psychological safety and, and humanness. So mm. the, I, I am now a human teaching humans humans. I love it. And that's what this, <laughs> that's why I thought this was such a, such a great perfect fit is because as you know, you know, we've had a lot of conversations about the, um, the impact of that, right? I think we can talk about people-centric workplaces, human-centric workplaces, but what do, you, what do you feel like your life's legacy is around this work? What, 
What do you think needs to be done? What needs to change? Oh, wow. Uh, where do I start on that one? So I think being, after doing it for 20 years, I've just seen, I hate to say it, but more bad than good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I believe that the failings of our industry has been around uh, keying in self-awareness and growth mindset before you start to teach uh, and, and no real efficacy. There's this, for some bizarre reason, we're okay spending $10,000 and sending someone to Harvard Business School where a professor has never led before can try and teach you something that they don't understand and just teach you the theory, which for me just doesn't, well, it doesn't work. We know it doesn't work. So my legacy is going to be, hopefully, uh, working hard at it. It's not perfect, but legacy of, of changing the leadership development industry as we know it. Uh, and going from tick box trading to look, we need we need to see a change in behavior for the better, and we're not going to stop until we get it. And to to change the way in which we view uh, behavior change uh, and and how leaders behave, uh, and, and and to focus on this notion of caring for people and uh, a people first workplace, uh, and moving from results only to people first. Uh, and the people that get results. So um, changing the way that we do things around here is what I'd like to be known for. Uh, Awesome. Awesome. Well, you've already, like you said, you started this great company called DX. I've actually had personal experiences with you and your firm, and you guys are working on some amazing things. Uh, Tell us a little bit more about what you you do, what you offer, and how DX is creating more human-centric workplaces. What we do, so our, our vision is we create organizations worth working for by empowering them to be more human. So that's what we, that's what we live and die for, uh, what, what the team comes to work every day for and what, I, what drives us. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we've done is to define what it means to be a human uh, in, in a workplace, which is actually no different to what it means to be a human at home with a your wife, your kids, your husband, or with a group of friends. Uh, so we've, we're working hard on, on trying to simplify what we've made very complex in terms of what it, what it means to be a leader. Uh, and our definition of leadership is anyone who can positively influence another human being is a leader. Donald Trump is a leader or could be a leader. I am a leader, you are a leader. We all are a leader, but only if we choose to, because leadership is a choice to positively influence people. Um, and if you choose to, you're therefore a leader uh, and delineate between management, which is the expectation that you're gonna get predictable results. That's not a choice. So everything that DX is about is about leadership, helping people understand the choices that they can make to be a leader and to choose to do the right things, which is to care for their people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I mean by care, which is to be human, to treat people like human beings is leveraging the brain and science and psychology and neuroscience to treat people how they want to be treated, not how you want to be treated. So change that dynamic, because we tend to, because of all the biases in our brain, surround ourselves with people like us and to treat people the same way that we want to be treated. But no fault of our own, it's just the way that we are wired. So we're helping people sort of unwire that and re- rewire them with a, oh, the focus of, I need to treat people how they want to be treated and, and link that to care, which is clarity, autonomy, relationships and equity 
which if you think about those four things are just four non-negotiables that everyone wants. Who doesn't want clarity? Put your hands up. Who doesn't want to be, who wants to be told what to do and not have autonomy? No one. Who doesn't want to be connected and have a sense of value? No one. And who doesn't want to have fairness and inclusiveness? No one, right? These are things that we all want. Uh, and therefore it's simple. Just give it to people. Uh, and that's our business. Well, you know, what a, I was thinking about when you said treat people the way they want to be treated. I think we grow up hearing the term, you know, treat people the way you want to be treated, right? Yeah, which yeah. is, which is, you know, conceptually it makes sense. But when you when you do look at the psychology and the the value of diversity and inclusion and differences and feelings of belonging, it's kind of this simple perspective that if we all just made, if we all just bent a little bit, you know, to make the person you're interacting with, you know, learning about them enough to be able to treat them the way they wanted to be treated versus you, yeah. we'd make a huge impact on, on the world and society. And, and that's really one of the, one of the premises of this podcast, which is we have such an opportunity here to do that, to change things. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's perfect, right? So it's, it's, don't lead with exclusive behaviors, which are me, 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 treat everyone like me, surround people like me. And it's inclusive. It's, it's, it's going back to servant leadership. It's going back to just simply be selfless, not selfish. Um, and that inclusiveness will lead to the things that we're all wanting right now, which is diversity and equity, but it's not a band-aid, right? This is, we have to change the hearts and minds of people we have to recognize that we're all imperfect. We're just human, right? And as human beings, we are imperfect. And with what, I think about 164 biases in the brain and counting. And each one of those are cognitive shortcuts to preserve the brain power to survive and look for threats, which are great for me. They're not so great for those that I lead. So it's, we just have to have empathy for both ourselves as, as humans and have empathy for the fact that leadership is not easy. And this notion of inclusivity is actually really difficult. But if we can get, empower uh, and motivate and engage people with inclusive mindsets, oh my gosh, we, we, we could change the world overnight. Well, not overnight. Can you, it's more can you imagine the potential? <laughs> I know, I know. So which, which means we've got to stop with the, the band-aids. We've got to stop, you know, doing the short-term things and look to the long-term. I know that's difficult in business, but oh, we've, we've got to look at the long-term. Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned the idea, I mean, we've been talking about humans this whole time, but you mentioned that we are just human. Uh, we're not machines. Uh, we're not programmed. So, you know, there is a level of understanding around what it takes to get the best version of people. And I think that's what we spent our, what we're spending our lives doing. And people meaning all types of people, all people from all walks of life. So, your, you and your firm recently uh, published an article that I really loved. It was on failing fast. So tell me a little bit about that concept and how that ties in with care and you know, your thoughts around humans in the workplace. Ah, <laughs> uh, gosh, uh, let's think where I start the journey on this one. We'll start in March on COVID-19. Um, really hit the workplace. So our business was all in person. 
uh, I had to fix mindset that to change behavior and to create a more human workplace, we had to actually get people in the same room to do that. Um, I was wrong. That's fixed mindset, right? It's, it's, this is the way to do it. And there's no other way to do it. And, and that's fine. I recognize my own fixed mindset. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily surrounded myself with a team that can help me understand that actually, no, there's a better way. Well, there's a, there's another way, which is you can do what we did virtually. Um, so we had to start our whole business from scratch. When you see $3 million of business walk out your door in two weeks, it kind of shakes you a little bit. So to change a business, to pivot a business, you can't do it yourself. I don't have all the answers. Leaders don't have all the answers. Uh, you surround yourself with people who can help you and support you. So to fail fast, fail quickly is really the notion of, and this is how we, we, we learned, is it's almost like the, the book Lean Startup. It's, it's make lots of little mistakes uh, versus one big mistake and, and allow your people to fall off curbs and not fall off cliffs. Mm-hmm. So, and to create an environment where people are allowed to fail because that's the growth mindset, right? We can only learn if we fail. We can't, it just, it doesn't happen by just always succeeding. It just doesn't work like that. So to empower the growth mindset, you, you need to, uh, and, and to, to make small mistakes. I, as a leader, have to be very clear about uh, uh, giving people a box and, and saying, being clear on what, what the boundaries are so that people can learn really quickly and make small mistakes and know full well that they're not going to get chastised by me and I'm not going to come down on them with a, a ton of bricks. Uh, and by doing that, you can, innovate, you can innovate and create. And we turned our business around in probably four to six weeks. We created a brand new product, uh, which we've refined, uh, and we continue to refine it. Um, so it, the world needs to, to, now that we're in this this vuca environment and it's not it's going nowhere right this is welcome to the new world uh it's a world of of severe change or hopefully not severe change a world of change and we're going to have to adapt really quickly mm-hmm. and what we've seen in businesses is that we can adapt and isn't that what makes us human is our ability to adapt but to adapt quickly and without too much stress emotionally and on the brain leaders need to create these environments for people to fail really quickly and fail uh with a smile on their face and, and, and allow that. Uh, so that's, we learned the hard way of, of how to do that. And I, I didn't do it perfectly. I got some good feedback on, on uh, how to do it, but I knew full well to get to where we needed to do, to get to, I had to fail fast. Yeah, you had to yeah fail fast yourself to allow your team to also fail fast. I think there's a role modeling yes. aspect to all of this too, which is so important in leadership. Oh, um, yeah. So I know one of the things you talk about a lot is psychological safety. And so how, how can that go bad in this process of failing fast? What's, what's an example of what not to do from a, from a leadership perspective? Oh my, uh, okay. So, so many things, so many I things. I know. Uh, let's go back to the process for psychological safety. So this is Amy Edmondson's work, right? Late 1990s, wonderful book, Phyllis Organization. Um, have the, the three tenets of how you create psychological safety from a process point of view is number one, uh, set the stage, be very clear and articulate about what it is, uh, invite input uh, and uh, respond productively. Uh, there's also other things that you can do, but just think about those three things. So, so where it can go wrong, and I've seen this unfortunately, um, number one, you don't create the clarity up front about what, what it is you expect. I expect you to speak up. And when you speak up, 
trust me, I will, I will not say anything judgmental against you. So mm-hmm. uh, expectation that I, I need you all to speak and you're all going to get five minutes. But so very clear on what said in the stages, you know, communicate clearly what it is. Inviting the input is just make sure everyone speaks, right? Uh, and if they don't, you need to encourage that. Uh, everyone has to have a voice. And when they do have a voice, number three, respond productively or proactively. It's, it's never take it defensively, right? Never get defensive. Just accept it for what, what it is. Um, where it's gone wrong is, <laughs> you know, I've, oh, the worst one I think I can remember is the setting of a stage um, and inviting input. So probably... I'd say it was interesting. We, had, we do a pulse check, mm. um, a, a weekly pulse check. In fact, it's daily uh, on how people are feeling. Out of, out of five rank, how you're feeling. Five being ecstatic, zero being like hell. Nearly every Monday, you see a dip because I do a, I do a Monday morning kickoff and there's a dip. Uh, so the Monday morning, how you're feeling is usually ones and twos. Uh, it goes back up again, but it's because I'm setting the stage uh, and I'm telling people what they need to hear, right? It's, 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 I'm brutally honest and, and I, need to say the, I need to state the facts. Uh, I just know I'm not inviting input as well as I can do. So where it's going wrong is I'm setting the stage pretty well. I'm being honest and candid, but I'm not allowing people the space because I have more uh, cerebral people on my team who need time to think. I'm not giving them the space to, to really digest it and I'm asking for input too quickly. So that's where it's going wrong for me and sometimes is I'm too quick to set the stage and I'm too quick to ask for input. I'm not being cognizant of people and therefore they're not speaking up as much as I'd like them to. Um, and that's where for me it's going wrong because I'm not treating people like they want to be treated sometimes. Um, but a, the beauty of psychological safety, if you get it, is every day is a learning day, right? People speak up, they tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. And it's just so powerful. And as a leader, you need to be vulnerable enough to know not everything that you hear, you're going to like. So suck it up, fuzzball. Uh, who cares? You're not perfect. <laughs> right. And, and I think, you know, earlier you talked about, you know, a leader is anyone who, um, and how did you say it? say it again? A leader is anyone who... Any, anyone who chooses to posit- positively influence another human being is therefore a leader. Yes. So I think when we're talking about leadership, you know, for the listeners who are hearing leader, 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 and saying, oh, that's not me, right? That's, that's my, my director or my boss. You also are a leader. And it's, it's an opportunity for us to, to gain feedback about each other. And especially for those who are managing projects or teams, maybe they're not a formal leader, you know, someone who is in a leadership title, but you are a leader. So oh. for all of us. I, and I, just that note, uh, there's a great book by David Marquette, Turn the Ship Around. And he speaks to the notion of, of stop creating more followers, right? Stop mm-hmm. creating an army of people who would do whatever you say and won't speak up. They'll just do whatever you say, right? To create an army of leaders who will think for themselves and speak up. Well, imagine that. Just a, you're, Therefore, your job as a leader is to create more leaders, not create followers, because you create more leaders they will speak up and, and they will do the things that you need them to do versus do them just do what you want them to do, which is not typically the right way anyway. So oh, yeah, change of dynamic there. How do you, because I think, you know, for, for leaders to create other leaders, what I've found is there's ego involved, right? <laughs> there's a little bit of ego. Um, I think especially with more traditional managers, not leaders, but people mm. who are used to the command and control type management structure. How do you, 
how do you create behavior change with those people? So if I'm, if I'm that manager listening right now, um, how do you change yep. that person's mind? That this, oh, wow. this is the way to be. Yeah. I, I think this is a culture play, right? So let's talk about culture. Cultures are some of the behaviors of the people within it. Uh, so 51%, that's essentially a, a, the culture, expected culture when 51% or more are, are, are demonstrating consistent behavior. So I believe this is a culture play in the fact that if it's expected that you are going to be a leader uh, and management is just a subset of, of that, then, then that's how you change the minds. And, and go back to positive psychology and basic psychology, we will do what you reward me to do, period, right? So it's, it's if you reward leadership, you reward the behaviors that create more leaders, mm. you're, you reward the care behaviors, the kindness, then people will do it. Now, if you reward management, you reward IQ over EQ, results, 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 people will demonstrate management behaviors. So it's, it, this, is, goes, this, this is a culture play. The, the CEO needs to expect it, needs to create the systems and processes, and needs to model it themselves. And, and that's how you change the minds. Otherwise, again, short-term band-aids that won't work long-term. Yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, the role modeling piece, again, I think is so important uh, because I think a lot of folks are, culture is becoming a buzzword. Uh, you know, effective cultures, cool cultures, fun cultures. And I think at the end of the day, culture is just the behavior you uh, reward or tolerate <laughs> yeah. or the behavior that you do and do not hold accountable at the organization. That's really yeah. what it comes down to and the consistency around that. And I think that core, like things like core values, right, those stay really firm, but your culture has to evolve. And so this is yeah. a great time to take stock of that consistency and how you're either rewarding or tolerating or holding yeah. people accountable to effective behaviors. Right. Yeah. I mean, that goes back down to, I mean, my, here's my behaviors, right? I need to model these and I do, I, I work hard to wake up every morning and go, what do I need to do to seek opportunities for growth and be passionate about my job? What do I need to do to care for my people as much as I care for uh, my clients and customers? So it's just, again, it's going beyond writing them down. It's, 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 it's demonstrating and modeling the behaviors because if you don't do it, they won't do it, right? Uh, don't do unto others unless you can do it to yourself. Yes. Well, uh, is there, I, I, first of all, I want to thank you, Alex, because um, what I've gotten out of this conversation and I think what you've portrayed is that you know, you're building a business that is helping organizations with human-centric leadership and, and building human-centric workplaces, but you are also on this journey for your organization. And it's your, your honesty and vulnerability is beautiful to see. You're walking the walk, you're talking the talk. So is there any other, just to close, is there any other advice or thoughts that you wanna mention? Uh. My leaving thought is this, just going back to leadership, because we talked about this a lot, is, is a notion that my two-year-old daughter, Victoria, runs our household, right? That she is, she is she, she, she's the manager, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, that doesn't make her a leader, right? We, we, we need to differentiate between leadership and, and management. And, and leadership, you're not born to be a leader. Uh, Victoria cannot give coaching advice she can't give feedback she doesn't she's not kind in the way in which she uh, operates she she is not a leader um leadership is something that that is learned and i need everyone to understand that 
you know, you weren't born that way. And this idea of growth mindset, please apply it to the notion of leadership. You're all a leader if you choose to. Um, and it's that choice, deliberate choice that will make a difference in this world. And, and that means anyone can be a leader, male, female, doesn't matter where you are, who, where you come from, introverted, extroverted, we can all lead if you make the choice. Um, and I think that's, if we can just go back down to simplicity to make the choice to be kind, uh, we can drive a much more inclusive, cool world to live in. Love it. Changing the world one person at a time through leadership, through building human-centric organizations. I'm uh, inspired all the time by your work. So thank you, Alex, for joining me, sharing insights, dropping knowledge. Um, thank you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you, Angela. Thanks.